0: Adelaide, hello to you. She's a pitcher outside, 21 degrees around the city of churches and the dead set legends are here for the next three hours. A three hour buffer full of sport and a whole heap of fun as well. The former skipper of the Brisbane Lions is Tom Rockcliffe. Hello, mate. Good morning, Adelaide. Thanks for having me, Tomo. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, yes, we're up and
1: about today, I'll tell you what. I hope we get a better performance out of Travis Head today than what he did on Wednesday with the bat oh, he oh absolutely no. failed up there oh, the wow. won and the Redbacks one and one so yeah. hopefully hetty can bring some life for the show because he didn't cap them with life oh, on Wednesday.
0: mike have been on for 12 seconds and you've just gone whack. Hello, Travis. Hello, mate. Thanks, mate. Forgot about the bonus point when he jumped off us last <laughs> yes, week.
2: Eddie. Bonus point on
3: Monday. Not the greatest on Wednesday, but one-on-one and, one and uh, with the points, not too bad. It's good
0: to be back. No, oh, it's good because we missed you last week. You know, it was the biggest sort of show for the year, grand final edition, and you run off sort of doing throwdowns. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of throws and um, yeah,
3: it was, a, well, it was a training. Might as well train in the afternoon. What yeah. a fizzer.
0: Oh, it wasn't good, was we it? We actually
3: had dizzy...
1: In here, science <laughs> yeah, some I stuff, didn't
0: he? Yeah, well, Travis sort of had to He had to keep on playing. There's no doubt about that. And the way that he performed on Wednesday was below par.
1: I think we're going to get into why there was a great performance on Monday and then why there was a not-so-great performance oh, hey. on Wednesday later in the show. Well,
0: this just, this just stinks of maybe some after-hours play. Or...
1: Well, it stinks like they got a little bit ahead of themselves oh, no. and thought they didn't have to prepare as well oh, no. on the Wednesday. So oh, there wow. is a little story coming up later in the show. So stick around, family. They will get into that a little bit later on.
0: Yeah, just before 11 o'clock as well, we'll get the debrief about what's going on with the Redbacks as well, Eddie, because, uh, you know, there's a bit going on with the programming and the strikers coming up as well. So, you know, obviously footy's done and dusted now, so we're going to move into cricket season.
3: Yeah, there's been plenty coming out. Big Basher has got a couple of rule changes. Um, we'll talk about the
0: Redbacks um, and then yeah, what we've got coming up in the in the summer. Ah, beautiful. I love it. Uh, some predictions were made last week about the uh, Geelong Football Club <laughs> by our man. And uh, we hold him to task, Eddie, (laughs) on the
3: biggest day of the season.
0: He's run off doing all these cashies, and we've just found out about it. We are going to display it next here at 104.7 Triple M to Dead Set Legends. Morning, Adelaide. Triple M. Nine minutes past nine o'clock. It's your Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tom on Travi Head here until midday today. Coming up after 9.30 this morning. Talking about gardening disaster stories. This is all thanks to Brunnings. We'll give you more details about that. And Jay-Z Clark is going to join us shortly. Now, Hedy our man Tommy Rockliffe since retiring from the Port Adelaide Football Club has gone on all sorts of adventures in terms of uh, you know uh, trying to make cash this is what I'm trying to run with here <laughs> mm-hmm. he's tried to do these sporties nights then he's dragged me into MCM I, d- I didn't agree to him and uh, <laughs> and they, they didn't sell we sold no tickets there so he's you know he's jumped on board the wireless and doing some radio from from time to time and he's going very well to be to be honest with you calling the footy, and now he's tried to get into these promotions with Ned's Teddy. And have you seen a couple of the ads? I have seen. Oh, I haven't seen the ads, but I've seen the follow-up from the ads. Yeah. And
3: some of the comments that he's made mm. um, have been interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, interesting to say the least. Now, how did you get in, involved with Neds to start with, please, Rob? Well, they come
1: after the big dogs, agencies <laughs> like that. And of like course, Leachy. Yeah, leechy Me and Dill <laughs> Leach. So we uh, we put some stuff out there. We, we don't often miss um, what we say. We're, we're normally pretty spot on. So. Yep. We uh, we have a good bit of banter, and um, we gave um, Chris Scott. He called us and asked us to make a video. Okay. He asked us. Can you, he asked if me and Dylan could make a video yep. that he could use in the pregame? Yeah. Okay. For, to fire the team
0: up, and it and it worked. Yeah, well, clearly it worked. Let's have a listen to some of Tom Rockcliffe's predictions.
4: We're all in on the Swans, aren't we? Chips
1: in. Chips, Chips in. in. Yeah, we yeah. declared them a couple of weeks ago. They're. they're The flags there. Yeah. I don't even know why Geelong are driving down the freeway. Sure,
4: they've already engraved the cup. They have. They've got the
1: confetti all ready to go. Only red and white. Red and white. Yeah. So we're going to go. Jeremy Cameron first goal though. (laughs) Luke Parker. Norm Smith. I like it. And Sydney to win. Okay. So why are Geelong even bothering turning up? They should just stay home. They should just dress up like They love their Mad Monday kits, Geelong. They should right, just dress not, up on Saturday and just re- get really? it over and done with. So
4: you're, you're happy to look down the barrel of this camera and say, Geelong cannot win the Grand Final.
1: Geelong cannot win the Grand Final. You heard it here first from Tom Rockliffe. Geelong cannot win the grand final.
3: <laughs> Didn't miss by much. Eighty-one point <laughs> rubbing heady. Eighty-one points, and were you on the mo- motorcade were you? What, yeah. what were you on? I thought it was <laughs> a meatloaf for a second there, some, and it was.
1: angry Anderson. Angry Anderson, the um, Batmobile in '93 was it? Yeah, '96 yeah. or one of those years. Whatever back,
0: it was, that was a, it was the, an, it, as embarrassing as, as the said, as, as a the prediction. It should have stayed there in
1: '91 by the sounds
3: of things. Yeah, yeah, it should I,
0: not have made a comeback.
1: As I said, what? Chris Scott asked us to make a video did he? that he could play to the players to fire them up in the pregame. So we did that, me and Leachie. Is that a lie, like your predictions? No, they they should, They should. called us. Scotty called us after the game and said, thank you so much did for he? making that video, did pushing he? it out there. I played it to the players. He doesn't even out, know who you are.
0: They came out breathing steam.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Geelong cannot win the grand final.
0: <laughs> Triple M.
1: Triple M's Dead said Legends. AFL Newsbreaker, Jay Clark.
0: Jay-Z, morning to you as we start with Jack Graham. He snuck over the border this week and had a look at uh, Port Adelaide's facilities. Where are we at
6: there? Yeah, so just this morning, Tomo, he is... Officially told Port Adelaide that he will not be um, coming to the power for next season. So Jack Graham, the midfield hard will be staying at Richmond next season. He has a uh, trigger in his contract, which will take him to the end of 2024, which is when he becomes a free agent. So potentially the South Australian club's, will renew their interest then. But Jack Graham will stay at Richmond. Um, that's a blow for the power because I, I think Jack Graham is an absolute star midfield. Of course, you've got Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto coming in from GWS. If Graham stays, that really makes Richmond's uh, midfield um, a five-star unit, I think. So Port Adelaide... Uh, well, look, elsewhere, of course, they missed out on Dunkley. I still think they get Junior Rioli. West Coast are going to play absolute hardball over that draft pick. I think the Carlay-Mond, the Amon free agency compensation pick is about 28. West Coast wants something higher than that. I don't know that they're going to get it. So I think 28 feels about right to me, to be honest. But they're also eyeing... Um, Geelong backup big man, Asava Rattagalia. Mm-hmm. So Asava, he's been really starved of opportunities um, in blue and white over the past um, 18 months or, or two years. Port Adelaide looking for some big-man reinforcements, so they're having a look at him. Asava certainly open to op- um, some fresh opportunities despite being contracted at Geelong for next year. So Port Adelaide, what you can tell is they're being really aggressive. So Ken Hickley, in the final year of his contract next year, they want to re-enter the Premiership mix um, and believe they've still got the core of of a great nucleus there. They're adding some things, of course. Rioli, potentially a midfielder, another big man, But uh, Jason Cripps and Ken Hinckley, Chris Davies, being very aggressive this exchange period, and I like it.
1: They've they've been aggressive, so they're clearly cashed up. They've missed out on two targets already. The other one that was mentioned early on, it's gone a little bit quiet, is Cozzy Pickett. We know he wants to get back home to South Australia. Is he still on the table, potentially, to get back to South Australia?
6: Yeah, look, I think it's a long shot at this stage. I think Port Adelaide have huge interest in him, and for great reason. I, I think this could be something they knock on the door of every year. Now, Melbourne sort of say he is absolutely not going anywhere. They've already lost Luke Jackson. Pickett would be a huge blow. You're right, it's a constant watch. And we know players' um, emotions, and you would have experienced this yourself, Rocky, they fluctuate as things um, change and as things develop. So I think that um, Port Adelaide will just constantly dangle that carrot. I don't see the trade happening this year as Melbourne has already lost Um, Jackson and want to stay in that premiership window. We know what a talented player he is, but you just know that Port Adelaide will just keep trying to tempt him. So do I think it'll happen this year? Probably not. I think it's more of a long shot. But um, as we know, that pull to SA will always sort of be there for him. So to be a constant watch, Rocky.
3: Yeah, now, uh, Jay Sheeds, he's jumped on, he stayed on James Hurd. He hasn't endorsed Brad Scott. And how has that gone down at uh, Essendon?
6: This has been, Travis, one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. So on an exciting day for the football club, they announced Brad Scott. (laughs) They're so wrapped for him. And then Sheedy in LA, like I think it was about 9pm at night, God knows what he'd been doing or where he'd been or whatever. He speaks to the Herald Sun's Mark Robinson and basically craps on the decision or point Brad Scott by saying, I voted for Hurdy, let it be known, my captain. I wanted him and has a big crack at the football club. Now, she says some curious things at times. This takes the cake for mine. His position, I believe, is now untenable. He has to resign from the board. It's not meant to happen. or His, his um, term doesn't end until next year. But I, I guess when you've got um, him going in one direction, I mean, for me, this has shown what has been Essen's biggest problem for a, for a long time, this sort of... You know, political infighting, selfishness—it's just bizarre. And for him not to be swinging or, or rowing, you know, the boat in the same direction as as his other crew members on the on an exciting day for the football club is absolute madness, I think, even for Sheeds. This is crazy, but um, we'll, we'll continue to watch. I think there, I think there's going to be some strong conversations with Sheeds when he eventually returns back from his LA holiday.
1: Absolute madness. And for the listeners out there, we're going to have an in-depth conversation about that after 11 o'clock. Uh, but moving on, Jay, while we've still yep. got your Hawthorne Footy Club, the stories continue to come out. It just seems like this is uh, in the hands of the lawyers now and there's no end in sight. I don't think this is going to get wrapped up quickly at all.
6: No, I'm with your rocky. Like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm told that North Melbourne's playing group is particularly flat. Like they mm-hmm. were so excited. it was a huge high to get Alistair Clarkson to the club. But now he's going to be missing for months as the AFL launches this investigation potentially there's a court battle on the back of it who knows um it is a it is a huge blow for the North Melbourne football club and Brisbane too Chris Fagan stood stood down who knows when he's going to be um back sort of taking the reins they want this process to start and to be expert on it to happen quickly because at the moment there's all these allegations out there which are damning and horrible reading and um, devastating, um, really. So there are some real concerns um, there. But from Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson's perspective, they don't, they don't think they're getting a fair process here because there's all these allegations and they haven't had the opportunity to answer them um, in the Hawthorne investigation. And now the AFL investigation is taking its time to get off um, the ground. We thought the and drugs crisis was a huge story, the biggest we've seen in football for a long time. This genuinely has the potential um, to be on that level, if if not greater. It's harrowing reading. It's going to come down to people testifying, you know, and, and, and telling the truth, potentially in court. And, um, yeah, it's a really disturbing story. And I, goodness knows how long it could drag on for.
0: No, thanks so much for your time once again, Jay-Z. Good on you, fellas. On you, Always great insight from Jay Z Clark. Don't worry about that, boys. And coming up shortly, we're talking about gardening disaster stories. You're bringing something to the table here, Hetty. I've got a little bit. I've got a little story about somebody else, though, Rock. Oh, oh. throwing
1: someone else under the bus. It's, uh, Unlike a cricketer to do that.
0: Yeah, oh, hang on. <laughs> so this is all thanks to Brunnings Outdoor Disasters. Two hundred dollars cash and two hundred dollar Brunnings pack up for grabs. All you have to do is head to triple dot au. We will give you all the details shortly. Triple M. Triple M. 104.7 on the dial, and we're also on listener of the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Tomo, and Travy Head, and boys for the next month. I cannot wait to get stuck right into this. Brunnings Outdoor Disasters, okay? So what we're doing is getting uh, a lot of our beautiful Triple M MMM family out there to head to triplem.com.au. All you have to do is head to the win page and tell us your outdoor disaster story. It's so, so simple. And you can get $200 cash and a $200 a Brunnings pack. Rocky, you actually uh, you went out there the other day, correct? Yeah, correct.
1: It's a, a wholesaler that uh, they operate out of Their Offices out there. Fantastic setup. Local business business, yeah. locally owned, and they, they provide everyone around the state. Um, so like nurseries yep. and, and local businesses with supplies, you see them in the, the big ones as well as Bunnings, the, 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 uh, Brunnings Brunnings. Brand yeah, brand, yeah, they've yeah. got everything, anything you need, outdoor space, a weed killer, yeah. um, pest repellent, everything. They do everything.
0: Well, you rang me straight after you went out there and said how impressive it was.
1: Yeah, impressive facilities out there. You can't go there and buy direct. Um, The companies buy through there. But if you're shopping for any gardening needs, particularly this spring, it's starting to warm up. I'm sure there'll be people out in their gardens today. Make sure you buy
0: Brunning. Support local. Seriously, Rocky. And remember, with the help of Brunning, success is possible. There's no doubt about that. So what we're doing here, we're going to share a story each over the next month, Okay, a gardening disaster story, and then get uh, some contestants. In on one triple three five three. So, Hetty, you're going to kick us off today. Why are we doing Hetty? Why, Why is Hedy Heddy? talking about gardens? Well, because he's all over it. Unlike <laughs> you, he you hires he hires a gardener. You took two years. He has to a, patch up a hole, mate, the on, size of a, t- uh, a nickel. He's got a gardener. Yeah, well, I would He'd too. Pay, <laughs> I would too if I owned I twelve, 12 <laughs> acres in it, Unley. And. and
3: <laughs> Darren does a fantastic job, by the way. And does he but work at Branding's? he Doesn't do the lawns, and the lawns are looking schmick because I'm on the ride on uh, rock. But my story <laughs> is not about me because there's, oh, yeah. there's not many stories I have got about gardening because Darren is doing such a good job. <laughs> yes, uh, Dad. But uh, yes, it goes back to the UK when I was there last year. Yep. Our strength and conditioning coach. There's a few wrongs about this story. Um, doing the hedging, okay. And uh, he's on the ladder, and uh, he's but but. The downfall for me is it's an electric hedger. Oh, electric, oh, right. you can't be using electric. No, you need you need the, the yeah. two stroke smell, don't you, Eddie? You do. You need a little bit of oil getting about in the air <laughs> yeah. and, you, and, and really love it. it early in the morning. Wake yep. everybody up, yep. and you, Everyone knows you're doing the hedging. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's his first mistake. The second mistake, he's quite a skinny man as well. He's yeah. got his shirt off, misses in the kitchen looking out, oh, no. and he's a bit of carry on yeah. whipping around. Branches going everywhere. What he thinks he's bringing a bit to the table? Yep, plenty to the table. And so he's carrying on. Anyway, gets to the stage, his branches flying everywhere. Out of the corner, I notices misses, so goes to the full Chuck Norris over the head. Oh no! Oh no! Hedge through the cord. Explosion! <laughs> no, off the ladder. He's cut the cord. Cut the cord. He's electrocuted himself. Bang! Bang. Straight off the ladder. Oh, and dear. all hell's broken loose. Oh, really? And I, yeah, and so there's a few thing wrong,
0: few things wrong with that.
3: Yeah. One, he's thought he's, he's real happy with his own work, mm. and two, he's using an electric one.
0: Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> okay, that's a great start yeah, actually. Yeah. If you're cutting the cord. You can't be doing this. See, this is where you separate the men from the boys in terms of, you know, the petrol and the, the two and the four stroke. You just you have no issue with it at all. No, you got to mix the oil with the yeah. petrol and you got
3: to really get your hands on That's how you, I think that if you put in good work in your hedges and, yes. you're, and you're doing that, then you're going to get good results. That's, That's right.
1: 20 mils to the 100 mils for your, your two strokers. Oh, hang on. How did you know that? I'm a gardener.
0: No, you're not. Yes, I am. Well, I one, love that. One my... and five ratio.
1: Yeah, one and five ratio. Yeah, snippers the same. Yeah, 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 yeah two-stroke. That's yep. how you mix up the two-stroke fuel, Hedy. Yeah, They're all the go. same. Have yeah. you got a lawn? No, a little one.
0: <laughs> do, do you I
1: that? used to. Like, when I was the king of Brisbane, I used to have oh, a big pad. that would be no and good. I imagine him a on the lawnmower, back would go.
3: Yeah, that oh, is true. Trying to grab the clippings out of the bottom of the lawnmower. Yeah. In
0: Okay, let's do this. 133353, Garden Disaster Stories. $200 cash and $200 Bunnings pack. Bunnings pack up for grabs. This is absolutely superb. TripleM.com.au. We'll take your calls next. 20 minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning. 20 degrees around the city of churches. Hardly a cloud in the sky out there. Absolutely superb. And we're opening up the phones on one triple We're talking about the Brunnings outdoor disasters. So when have you done something in the garden where you're just like, whoop, that's a whoopsie, Heddy. You brought something to the table this morning. Yeah, something from the UK last year with their, their physio running with the electric hedger. Oh no! And Karen
3: on be on top of the ladder and went Chuck Norris above his head and and clean wiped out the cord and <laughs> exploded himself on the. Top of it.
0: Right in front of the cheese and kisses as yeah, well. Yeah, and the Mrs. is, yeah,
3: he tried to play. He's trying to show off, and he's yeah. she wasn't overly pleased with him. So, uh, and then he down
0: the shops to get a, a motor one. And, Rocky, I'm hearing sort of 37 kilos dripping wet this unit. Yeah, <laughs> like, not pretty shouldn't much. He should have
1: at all. the clothes on. He shouldn't be trying to impress the wife. And uh, a strength and conditioning, coach. Like, yeah. He must be only a conditioning coach. With yeah. No strength <laughs> going right. on. That's
7: right.
0: Plenty of running. <laughs> get out the gym, boys. <laughs> Petty doesn't look like he does much it's running. Not on, my though. cup of tea. the old run and rock, no. I and mean, you look the same. <laughs> Rocky, you couldn't run a bath at the moment. I don't reckon. One triple three five three to join the conversation. Two hundred dollars cash and two hundred dollars Brunnings pack up for grabs as we go to Simone from Port Walunga. Good morning, Simone. What happened?
2: Hi. How are you going? Um. Well, a little while. ago, oh, you know, a few years back, I had a little bull terrier dog, and she uh, ate some slow release fertilizer, oh, and no. sent her a little bit crazy. Luckily, she was okay, but um. She destroyed my mother-in-law's garden because she had zoomies for about maybe six hours,
0: oh. <laughs> totally, totally and wasn't ended up in the
2: fish pond, ate all the fish out of the fish pond, and just ripped all her plants out and just made a huge mess of her garden. Now, <laughs> but
1: someone of like
2: she was okay,
7: did, but yeah.
1: Did you get on with the mother-in-law before uh, this?
2: Well, she wasn't too pleased. Let's put it that way. Before
1: it though, did were you? Did, on good well, terms. We
2: friends before that, okay. but um, you know, the, it you know sort of uh, broke the deal when the fish go. <laughs> when the fish go,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, who we got there?
1: Rob? Uh, let's head out to Kim from Highbury. Kim, what's your disaster story?
7: Good morning. Uh, my story goes back to when I was a bit of a dumb bum, eighteen-year-old, and I was living out of home, trying to be the adult, and living with another eighteen-year-old, and both students, and. This landlord um, that we had at the time had planted all these beautiful plants. She was doing the landscaping around the house that we were renting, and uh, I, I don't can't recall now when it came out, but we were supposed to maintain the the yard and do the weeding. So um, I've come along and gone, yep, I can do that. Um, I've weeded the front and backyard, and I thought I've done a great job. It's all clean, and it turns out I've ripped out three quarters of the plants that she's planted because I couldn't tell the difference in oh, between oh. a weed and a plant. Oh, no. <laughs> <Dude. laughs>
0: That's serious cash down the drain.
7: That was hundreds oh. of dollars worth of plants and we had to do a written apology to, uh, to her so we could actually try and uh, still stay in the house.
0: <laughs> and, and what was the result there, Kim?
7: Oh, she did end up uh, letting us stay there, but... Needless to say, she didn't replace the plants.
0: Oh, no. Just a, just a bit of mulch would do, I reckon. a <laughs> bark in there. Oh, that's gold. Who we got there, Hetty? Sarah from Craigmore, your gardening disaster.
2: Oh, hi. How are you going? Good, good. All right. So a few years ago, well many years ago, we lived in this house that didn't have any grass, just had a pergola and a great big garden bed that was just full of weeds. So hubby decides to poison it. Well, thought, Fair enough. Whatever. Um, once it's all dead, his mate comes around to help him, like, rake it all up, put it in the bags, get rid of it however you get rid of that. I just left him to it, went inside. After a little bit, I'm looking out the front window and I'm like, why can't I see the neighbour's house? Oh, no. So I, I walk out the front and the neighbour's coming towards me. He says, what the hell's going on? And I went, oh, no. And I realised that I had left these two boys. With dead grass and a lighter in the oh, backyard.
0: No. That's oh, one man. way to get rid of it. What are we? Mm. What are we talking? A bit of heat, bit of fire. There says. Well,
2: I go around the back, and there's, they had raked it. They'd put it in a huge pile, only about a metre from the wooden pergola, oh, um, and decided to set that on fire, and then we're standing back having beers, right. watching it burn.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, Seriously, oh, that's, that's leaving terms,
2: though. I know. So I was like, the whole neighbourhood is full of smoke, so I got a hose, and they
0: were like, well, you can't do that, it make it even more smoke. Oh, no. oh God, everyone, yeah, right. I'm just trying to do the right thing there, Sarah. I know, so I just squirted them with
2: the hose and then I got on
0: with the fire. Oh, that's fair. Oh, beautiful. Thanks so much for your call. (laughs) Who do you like there, boys? Who wins the $200 cash and $200 Brunnings pack, please? No, I like Kim. I think we've all
3: been there as 18-year-olds not knowing what we're going to do and then I think we should give it the package. She would have lost a bit of money out of that,
0: Done. Kimbo, congratulations to you. $200 cash and the Brunnings pack.
7: That's awesome. Thank you so much. Ah, that's
0: no, terrific. No worries at all. It is super out there. Rocky popped out last
1: week. Yeah, brilliant. They've got products for everything. Anything in the garden, anything in the outdoor space, go out to Brunnings, go to your local store and, and buy Brunnings, locally SA owned. Ah, that is
0: brilliant. And you can win too, Triple M family. All you have to do is head to the win page at au and enter your outdoor disaster story. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, coming up shortly, boys, we're going to catch up with Rusty as well, the uh, the king of motorsport. We'll do that after. 10 o'clock jack redden's gonna join us as well retiring brisbane well your old teammate
1: yeah old teammate old housemate. so that'll be uh that'll be good that was a bit of a surprise that he hung up the boots he only re-signed not long ago but made the decision
0: that he was content and happy so retired yep and the showdown was last night in the aflw the crows way too good we're gonna get into the details of that shortly 104.7 triple m dead set legends Triple M, we're on listener as well, L-I-S-T, and uh, we're going to be talking about the AFLW showdown, we're going to do that after 10 o'clock, because right now on the line is the 263 retiring superstar, uh, Jack Redden joins us, g'day Jack, how are you?
5: Hey, lads, how are we?
0: Mate, on top of the world, and uh, yeah, congratulations on your career mate, obviously we saw you pull the plug yesterday, how are you feeling?
5: Feeling really good mate, Uh... Just been for a run, first, first run after getting the snip a few days ago, so uh, all working well and uh, ready for retirement.
1: The the boy from Keith made your way up to uh, the Brisbane Lions, we were drafted together, didn't take us long to move in together, uh, your career started at the Brisbane Lions and then made your way across the West Coast. How was your family when uh, you moved up to Brisbane from Keith?
5: Oh, mate. How are you, Tommy, anyway? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it helped with going to boarding school. Uh, Mum and Dad obviously kicked us kids out and sent us to boarding school. Uh, so you grow up a little bit there and uh, sweetens, sweetens the blow when you actually have to move into state for uh, the parents and the loved ones. But um, yeah, I uh, get to go home now, so Mum and Dad will be loving it.
3: Jack, Travis here, mate. How are you? Um, who looked after you when you got there? Because I'm led to believe you, uh, right. you may have lived with the man in the room with us, Rocky. Did he take you under his wing early doors?
5: I looked after him, mate. Yeah, I would
3: have thought that would have been the case.
5: (laughs) He lived under my roof. Uh, Tom Tom was a good mate. and um, Yeah, we did a lot together, so uh, cherish those moments for sure,
1: mate. Uh, Now, the Baringa boys, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? We have a matching tattoo on our our bums. How did that all come about? Come on.
5: Oh, mate, well, not the proudest moment. uh, And I was the only one that did it on the night after a few beers. But I woke up in the morning, thought it was a dream, but turned around and had a tattoo on my ass. But... uh, that was our little that was our little crew at Bringer Bringer Street, and um, we were young and naive and called ourselves the Bringer Bringer Boys.
1: Now the highlight would clearly be the grand final, I'd imagine. You had a super career, super consistent uh, runner-up, best and fairest in that premiership year. Take us back to that day in 2018 that the premiership. You, you made the decision to leave Brisbane, one of the highest, one of the best players at Brisbane at the time, went over West Coast and got that premiership.
5: Yeah, mate. Um, obviously as a kid, that's what you dreamed to do, and. Uh, for whatever reason, at Brisbane, it probably didn't work out, and I thought it was um, a good time to make a move and head over west, but it was purely a football decision, and um, I'm glad I did it in there, and I was lucky enough to achieve it. Yeah, running, um, accepting that medal on grand final day and um, sort of celebrating with your mates every day with and your family, running around the Oval with your family is um, one of the things I'll probably cherish the most out of my whole career. So a uh, very special day, and I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to achieve that.
0: Hey, Jack, I just want to know the difference between Brisbane and the, the West Coast Football Club, mate. You know, and, and there's, well, you know, Rocky's spoken about this before, but uh, not a whole heap of highlighting about AFL football in Brisbane. So going over to a two-team town, how did you find that?
5: Yeah, it was a big change, mate. It was definitely an eye-opener. Um, obviously, Brisbane, you can go out all night, party, dance on the table and that sort of stuff and get away with it. But then you go to you, go to, um, you can't get away with that sort of stuff. So big football um, community, um to, Two-team town, just like SA, so um, it's a big, big difference. But obviously, each, each um, state has pros and cons to running a football club and that sort of thing. So there's pros and cons to each side, but um, very, very d- different end- ends of the scale. And um, yeah, love, love both, but um, yeah.
0: And what's the plan now, mate? Do you do you come back to South Australia? Do you stay over in WA? What's, what's the story for Jack
5: Redden? Yeah, we've been sort of on the node a few times um, throughout my career. But, um, yeah, I think family. got another one on the way, mate, so due in probably a week or two. So I think the family, three kids is is hard work. So I think we need the uh, grandparents and family around to help with that. And um, To be honest, getting around family again, um, I'll cherish that. And, um, looking forward to that.
1: It'll be great to have you back in South Australia. Now that you've had the third kid, do we expect to see your alter ego come out after a few beers? Oh. Eugene?
0: Oh,
5: no. <laughs> oh, I think he's time, mate. He's retired Come <laughs> <At laughs> over to first. The,
1: the, the last thing I want to touch on, there's a great group of friends, you, yourself, me, Stipan Bradar, and, and Trent Young. We always travel down to Melbourne for the Cox Plate. Do we expect you to dress next time we go to the Cox Plate as one of the staff members?
5: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. Why not? It was a good day, wasn't it? Um, uh, turn back the clock and do it again, eh?
1: <laughs> exactly right. For the listeners out there, Jack, Turned up to the Cox Plate, dressed as uh, one of the workers one day, and everyone thought he was on track working as oh, a security oh,
5: come on. <laughs> come
0: on, Jack. <laughs> nah, mate, congratulations to you. 263 games, runner-up, best and fairest, and 2018 Premiership player. No one can take that away from you, mate. Well done. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. Thank uh, you you stuff. What a star he is. And underrated
1: player, boys, I reckon. He was one of the teammates that you just knew what you were going to get. Super consistent. He'd try all day from the first bounce to the last bounce, run all day. He was one of the best teammates i ever had yep. in my career, and he deserves everything that comes his way.
0: Love that. We're going to catch up with Rusty after 10, Triple aim. Eight minutes past ten o'clock for your Saturday morning. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Tom O'm, and Trabby Head here until midday today. Um, big showdown last night, boys, and the in the AFLW it was the first one. It was about twenty odd thousand there. I think fifteen, twenty odd thousand. Beautiful night for it. And unfortunately, the the result, the game was a, a bit of a disappointment, really, with Port Adelaide not being able to register a goal on the. The Crows were just way too good, Rob. Yeah, they certainly were last night, the Adelaide Crows. We all expected that result. I think they've been the best
1: team in the competition Mm. since the start. They're the the benchmark that everyone's chasing. Port Adelaide have recruited a list for the future they knew that it was going to be a really tough season this year they only got together seven eight weeks before the season starts so to get that um, continuity and, and bonding is really hard it's going to take a little bit of time but they've they're set up really well for the future so we all expected that result last night but unfortunately yeah it wasn't the show piece that we would have loved um for the first showdown
0: yeah so the thing is that i want to talk about and the crow is way too good chelsea randall was a star she just set that up as well the the crow skipper and um yeah it was a delight to watch to be honest then the Improvement in the in some of the some of the players is there to see, but I just want I just worry if we've just expanded a bit too quick, heady. We've gone from eight teams in twenty seventeen in the first year, and now we've got eighteen. Is it just part of a box ticking exercise just to get the teams like the the talent seems spread out to me, and I think it's spread out way too far. Yeah, it's spread
3: out a long way.
0: Um, I think it's a decision that was it had to be
3: made. I think they they were always going to go to eighteen teams. I think what we're going to have to do is a time a little bit like we 've seen with the seven the eight original teams, the standard that the crows are now offering, Melbourne, um the standards there and mm. I think as like for seven years now you've got now you 've got young girls that are watching them that are, can aspire to it, and I think we maybe have to wait another five, six, seven years for it to be a full 18 strong comp when um, the draft years obviously get stronger each year
1: by year and and football takes over.
0: Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on that? I
1: think it's fantastic that there's 18 teams now. It completes every footy club. Every team in the AFL now has a women's team. It just really completes every footy club. And um, the girls doing an outstanding job and I've, I've been fortunate enough to call a few games yeah. already. There have been some cracking contests. They rip in. They just love it. They love being part of it and they've waited so long for their opportunity. And I think it's great that there's 18 teams. I know that you two have different thoughts on that and may think that they should have waited. But I think the timing's right. It's, it's the right time to to start the 18 teams, complete it. They play a little shorter seasons, but... Um, the atmosphere at those local grounds that we've been to, Unley, um, yeah. down at Albert, and that they've packed it out six thousand, seven thousand there. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, when you go to a big stadium like Adelaide Oval last night, if it's a, a little bit empty or there's only 20,000, it seems a little bit... Well, met. we've
0: seen that in the Sandfield finals in the, in the yeah, Males comp. Yeah, conference. that's right. I yep. think the
1: Sandfield finals should, still should be played at local grounds because yep. you get the atmosphere. And where, then
0: play the granny at Adelaide Yeah, Oval. and then
1: play the granny there at Adelaide Oval. So I think it's fantastic that there's 18 teams and it really completes uh, the AFL system now. You've got the AFL, AFLW, and, and you've got to remember they're different games. Yeah. Um, no matter... Everyone wants to compare men against women. It's just unfair on both competitions to compare it. It's a different game. It's played differently. The skill level's different. The women are improving. Different rules. So I think it's great. And, and I've really enjoyed calling it and, and get to getting to know more more of the players and, and more of the systems and the way they play. And I think the Crows are the benchmark, as I've said before. Yeah. They they play this defensive game where they lock the footy in, get the repeat entries. They play that where Melbourne play a more up up brand of footy, they want to handball and go fast. So I think it's really good. That it's
0: just the playing. worry for me is the blowouts of what it's going to look like for the next few years. So we, so the Crows have played, the last two sides I've played against, they haven't had a goal kicked against them. And it's not like the Crows are flying and absolutely undefeated. They've lost games of footy this year. So I just feel like there's going to be a bit of pain for the next five to six years. I feel like we could keep on drip feeding teams to come in and, and get involved with it. I just think we've got this going way too quickly and in season 22 we've just gone, let's go. Yeah, but we had blowouts when GWS and the Gold Coast That was Coast two came teams. In. Yeah, that was two teams. But it, but
1: it took five years and we still have blowouts now. For two
0: teams, let alone all the teams yeah, coming I, in I at once. I understand
1: that. But you've got to also understand that th- this is the right thing to do and I think the girls uh, have deserved the right to play. And I, and I love the 18 team competition. I'd love the season to, to draw out a little bit longer. They only get to play the 10 games at the moment. But moving forward, I'm sure they'll work that all out and as it continues to grow and, and their, their pay increases and in the demands. But I, I, I love it. I think it completes every AFL club out there. Yeah, we're just going to have to hold our time, aren't we? Look, look at our them. But you
3: went down and did the boundary the other day, Rock. It was a, what looked like a full house there. The fans love it. The yeah. fans are there. 20,000 last night when the season's over. People start going on holiday when the footy season's done. Um, there's still 20,000. I think it was a great result. Yes, the football was pretty one-sided, very one-sided. But the numbers are there. The participation's there from the girls. There's so many more club teams now. I think you'll see the draft years get stronger and stronger. We we're seeing, obviously, Port Adelaide have gone very young. They'll reap the benefits of that over a few years. So um you know, 18 teams is here to stay. So um, yeah, we may have some pain in
0: some games, but um yeah, the top end is is very strong. 104.7 Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends. We get a motorsport update next with Rusty. Triple M. Triple M, M, M. Triple M. This motorsport update with Rusty is brought to you by
8: Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
0: Nah, Greg Rust is on the line from Rusty's Garage Podcast, which you can get for free on the listener app. He's in Singapore, actually, the king of motorsport. Rusty, hello to you.
9: Good morning, guys. you yeah, here for the, uh, the F1 race. I had first practice last night under lights, and it's the return of this race. It has an obviously... Uh, been here since 2019, so uh, three years away. We've missed it, and it's uh, it's a great atmosphere. Sounds
0: like you ventured out last night, <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematically, mate, and Max Verstappen can wrap up his second world title this weekend. Is that right? What what are his chances?
9: Uh, so, if you run the slide rule over it, I mean, he says it's a slim chance, right? So, he needs. Charles uh, Leclerc and the Ferrari either to finish seventh or worse. He needs his own teammate, Sergio Perez, not to finish on the podium. And after all of that, Max would have to win the race itself. Now, there are a few of us um, rivals included in the pit lane that think it is actually a possibility that he might do it here, just given the gear that he's had. When you look at his qualifying form, he's had half the pole position that Charles Leclerc has had but his conversion rate is significantly better than the Ferrari driver. Even when the chips are down, he races to review it exceptionally well. So uh, the practice session's for you guys. Session one went actually to Lewis Hamilton. He was fastest in the Mercedes. And session two was Carlos Sainz uh, in the Ferrari, brought his teammate Charles Leclerc. But both those red cars have started the weekend well.
3: Now, Rusty, across the ditch, Shane Van Gisburgh is tackling the World Rally Championship event in his native New Zealand. So for the final Bathurst, his car's been left up to teammate Garth Tander.
9: Yeah, for the testing, that's right. The final hit-out, the final tune-up, if you like. Um, So Shane's doing an amazing job. I mean, that's a totally different form of motorsport. Uh, His car is not an outright uh, leading car. It's what they call a WRC2 car. But he's running 11th at the moment, 11th outright, at only 30 seconds off sneaking into the top 10. That is a mighty performance for his World Rally Championship debut. And Wally's oh, away, his teammate, um, Panda did all the laps at Queensland Raceway in the Car. He jokingly pulled um, Shane at Juha Van Gisbergen, the Finnish rally driver. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Shane uh, was, was enjoying the rally stuff, but Garth chalked up a significant amount of laps. And Garth knows what to do at, uh, at Bathurst. So that's a combo. That are a clearly short price, price favourites to potentially win that again, and they go to the mountain in great shape next weekend.
1: And Rusty, Aussie's own Jack Miller, picked up a win in the MotoGP. Good timing ahead of the Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island.
9: Yeah. What about that? And he won. By, I mean, there was one point there. The lead was something like five point four seconds, and he talked afterwards like the win in Japan even surprised himself. But it's a it's a special one. It comes right near the end of his tenure with Ducati. Uh, before he moves to the KTM team. And the rider that finished second there in Japan will be his teammate next year. So hopefully that's good signs uh, for his switch. And certainly, um, you know, you carry a bit of confidence to get a the great track at Phillip Island in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Love your work, Rusty. You're a good man.
9: Take care, guys. Have a great weekend. You're on
1: you on your, Rusty. Enjoy Singapore.
0: Jimmy Barnes, no second prize. 10.31 is the time. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tomo and Travis Head. And we have no idea what's coming well, we've heard, Hetty, Rocky just wants a couple of minutes, so let's go. We
1: Triple
3: M's Deadset
1: Legends. Stories from home and away. Yep. so just a quick warning to the listeners out there. This isn't a fun segment or anything like this. This is pretty serious. So yesterday, um, oh. me, my wife was at work, Shana She's a nurse, so she was down at the hospital working. And it got to the afternoon, I had both boys at home. Jack's five, Huey's one. We had a parcel to go pick up at the post office. So we went down, and Huey, it was both their birthdays in the last couple of weeks, so they had presents waiting at the post office. Hugh got a new little tricycle, that one that pushes. So it was going to be too much to walk to the post office, so we jumped on the train. It's one stop, two minutes down. Go down fine, half an hour to kill before the next train. We come back, jump on the train, pull up to our stop. So we've pulled up to our stop. I've got the box, the, the tricycle there. Um, Huey's all strapped in. Jack's there. I throw Jackie's hat, say, put your hat on. Uh, a guy gets on the train, mm-hmm. and Jack jumps off the train. As I go to step off, doors close. Oh, my God. Doors fully close on me. Cannot get off. Um, I'm pressing open door, open door, open door. Wouldn't open. I go into a rage of panic. Cannot do anything. I'm pushing emergency stop. Everyone on our carriage um, is aware what's going on at this. So Jack's this on point. the platform at the moment. Jack's standing on the platform. Um, we're, it, we live about three or four hundred metres from home. He's on the platform. I can't get off. So the doors have shut on me and Huey. We're stuck on the train. Everyone's aware on the carriage because I'm in hysterics, yeah. swearing, trying to bang, break this glass, trying to get off, do everything to get off. I charge down. Um, to try and get through the carriage we're on the back carriage everyone knows adelaide trains there's only one or two carriages normally trying to get through couldn't get through train drives off far out mate so i'm standing there on the train with my one-year-old son hugh and my five-year-old i can see him through the window he's hysterical gone and train drives off so where i'm in hysterics at the moment driving like i'm shaking now talking about it took me two hours to calm down. Yesterday, I'm not. I'm sure some people out there, listeners, have lost their kid before. It's the worst feeling in the world, the worst nightmare. So I'm stuck on this train, going to the next station. Um, We've everyone on the train at the moment's pushing the emergency stop. That the train doesn't stop. Um, I don't know what to do. So did you? Were You're were you trying to run up to the driver or something yeah, like that? Yeah. So I tried to run through the carriage yeah. to get to the driver. Couldn't get through the thing. Far out, mate. Everyone on the train is pushing emergency stop trying to talk to the driver to stop. I'm not sure whether he looked in his rear vision mirror, seen a kid. So Jack's screaming, chasing the train. The train gets to the next. So I'm in a hysterics, screaming, like yelling. A person, another man was trying to calm me down to to get me back and said, your other other kid's crying now. You're upset. You're just going to be careful. We'll be able to turn around and and whatnot. So halfway there, I've called the people that live across the road from us and said, can you run down? It's only around the corner. They're not home. So, by this time, I'm full hysterics, jumping up and down, shouting, like, just doing anything I can to try and stop. We couldn't stop the train. Call my wife, Shana, no. and she's at work, and, and the hospital's only five minutes down the road. And I just said, you need to get straight to the train station. Jack's there by himself. I don't know what's happening. So, we end up pulling up at the next train station. Me and Hugh get off and just charge um, with the tricycle straight to the car park. There's a trader there, Nick, who... Um, reached out to me last night after it but I was just screaming at him I said you've got to get me back to this train station Um, so luckily he had a car seat in the back threw the kid threw Huey in the back strapped him in and he drove me back but by the time we got there I called triple zero tried to inform the police they were trying to put me through the ambulance it was just chaotic by the time we got there luckily Jack had had chased the train for a bit didn't didn't get anywhere and, and just sort of went and stood in the corner so he stood there, and, and luckily for us, there was a, a, a lady and man walking their dogs, and, and the lady was an ex-copper, so she sort of knew that there was something going on. The kid was Jack was lost and by himself, sheltered, standing in the corner, and he said to her, oh, "I don't want to talk to any strangers or baddies." <laughs> um, and she said, "Would you like me to call the police?" And so they called the police, but by the time um, that had happened, Shana had pulled up, so she had left work, ran out of work, so they wouldn't have known what was going on. Ran yeah. out of the hospital. And got to him. Um, Luckily, he was fine. He was okay. He was safe. But, yeah, just the the biggest nightmare I I pulled up and ended up um, shouting, shouting the guy. Hopefully, a couple of slabs of beer that he went and bought. But, yeah, one of the most horrific, worst nightmares as a parent you could ever have. So... Parenting advice: When you're getting off the train, make sure if there's an older boy, Jack always loves to be first. He's got to be first. He will be holding the pram and and tricycle from now moving forward.
0: But oh mate, my heart goes out, Deanne. I know, Hetty. Just looking at your reaction as a, as a new father as well, mate. That that is 100 percent would be the parent's worst nightmare. And um, yeah, so Shana got there before you. Is that right? Yeah, so she
1: got there. So this <laughs> this trader who's going to run red lights, and <laughs> everything for me. Unfortunately, got stuck at the red light, and then he and he he knew that something was wrong. And so did Shana heard my voice, but absolutely horrific. One of the worst experiences, the the worst experience of my life and the parents' nightmare. Yeah. It's good
3: that there's a lot of good people out. And Mm. the
1: the question would be, how does the train not stop? When you've got 20 people in the carriage banging on the emergency, stop. How does the train not stop? Yeah. We haven't looked in. I called them last night just to, to seek clarification. I don't want to blame the train at all. It was my fault. I'm the father. He's my responsibility. He shouldn't. He should have been with me when we got off the train. But when there's twenty, or there was every emergency button on that
0: back carriage was pressed and it didn't stop. Oh, was, mate, I tell you. And hats off to young Jack as well for you know identifying anyone you know stranger danger and all of that. So you've raised a good lad, Brock. So, mate, heart goes out to you and Shana as well. And um, oh bloody Hugh wouldn't have known what's going on, would he? No, he was bawling because <laughs> yeah. he'd he seen me in a rage. And yeah, yeah, one of the worst experiences ever. So. Yep. Some
1: parent advice for you two boys that's in front of you.
0: Yep, well, no, thank you very much for that, mate. And thanks for sharing as well. So 22 away from 11. 18 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning. It is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tomo and Travi Head. And after 11 o'clock this morning, going to open up the phones. What did you sneak into? Got some great prizes to give away. But right now, time to catch up with Anne Hatchard, who just recently won the best and fairest 10-goal win over Port Adelaide last night. Anne, you must be on top of the world.
10: Yeah, feeling pretty good after last night, after that win. So yeah, I'm top of the world.
0: Yeah, what did we do? So last night, you know, absolutely run, rub the salt into the wounds of Port Adelaide, belted them. You wouldn't even let them have a goal there, and so did we celebrate accordingly.
10: Yeah, look, we had a had a few drinks after the game, so um, we definitely celebrated that win. And yeah, just got around each other.
1: And the the medal went to Chelsea Randall. She played an outstanding game. How how do you find her as captain?
10: Oh, she's just an incredible human on and off the field. So, um, yeah, it was just awesome to see her perform like that and win the showdown medal. Um, She's just been an inspiration to not everyone in this team, but so many people in the community as well.
3: Now, we've talked about it a fair bit today on on the AFLW and where it's heading and and the trajectory that it's taking. Uh, Last night, Adelaide Oval, 20,000 people. Um, The feeling of obviously running out there, um, the feeling of playing under lights would have been amazing.
10: Yeah, it was awesome um, to be able to play under lights, Adelaide Oval, and have a pretty big crowd as well, over 20,000 people, which was just amazing. So, um, yeah, it's just huge women's footy, especially in SA.
1: You must walk out there most weeks. It's first centre-square bounce. You've got um, Marinoff next to you, you in the middle, and then some weeks you have um, Chelsea Randall as well. You, you must feel really content in that midfield that you, you're just going to dominate your opposition.
10: Oh, absolutely. feel absolutely safe around those girls in there. Um, and, yeah, just week in, week out. We're just improving every week. So, um, yeah, our midfield is, is getting just stronger and stronger.
0: And you won the best of Ferris the other night, clearly it was done Thursday with the men's and congratulations to you. How good?
10: Yeah, cheers, yeah. So I knew about that a long time ago, so I just went to collect the golden jacket, which is pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah. And did we uh so so the way that, that it's done on a on a Thursday, were all the girls there ready to go or is it is it was it a separate sort of situation?
10: I uh, it was separate just because our season moved um to a different part of the year. Usually, we'd have all the girls there, but um, obviously, being the night before a grand final, all the girls were just prepping. So, um, I just made the appearance on part of the team, and then, yeah, so the girls just got ready to to get ready to play. Uh,
1: And what are the changes being this season from last season? We're seeing you take on Melbourne in round one. You, You came up against them... Uh, in the grand final last year got them done they seem to be the team to beat you lost them but you've turned the form around you've been really good I feel like at the start it was a little bit of trying to find how the team would operate without Erin there we know how important she is but Ash Woodland's playing a really good role at full forward now have you changed anything from last season to this season in in game style? Um,
10: No we're pretty similar in game style I think it was just trying to find the dynamics um, around the field and get a bit more connection through the line so I think yeah each week we're just building on that and yeah obviously performing a lot better through the season.
0: Yeah and uh, haven't conceded a goal the last couple of weeks uh, is that something that you've you've spoken about and if one does go through next week are we are we going to blame the defenders?
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah look um we'll see how we go hopefully we can um, have have no more goals go through but um yeah the defenders have been awesome the, the past two games and the whole season actually so um, yeah, they're pretty solid back there. So, yeah, absolutely love them. That's got to be a box,
0: I reckon. If the goal goes on one of their defenders, it's got to be a box of cans, I think.
10: Yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love your stuff, Ann. Thanks so much for joining us on Triple M.
10: Awesome! Thanks so much
0: for having me. Ah, fantastic! Hey, she can play that girl as well, and the crows yeah. are flying along, Rob. <laughs> yeah, they are. They they had that mishap in round one, but I think every year that
1: they've won the premiership, they've lost uh, that grand final rematch oh, the year oh, after. There you
0: go. Look at our look at our stats, man. No, I we can't... don't need him putting the mockers on him. I can't
1: yeah. I can't claim that. That's Brad Ebert's stats. So Is I it? I won't steal that from him yet. Oh, okay. Mm, you seem pretty happy with it though. Oh, I'm looking forward to this chat next because I'm hearing Travis Head's coming off the long run.
0: Oh yes, a little bit of, bit of cricket. cricket stuff. So we're going to talk about the featuring. What's going on with the Redbacks and the Strikers? we do it next here at Triple M. Triple M one hundred four point seven on the dial, and we're also on listener as well. L I S T and uh, Tom Rockcliffe, Tomo and Travi here taking you through your sports show until twelve o'clock today. Oh four triple eight five one hundred four seven is the text line number if you want to get involved. Now, Hetty, you've just jetted back from Brisbane, mate, a couple of uh, Marsh Cup games to kick off the season.
3: Yeah, season started obviously across the board, and yeah, we had our first two up in uh, up in Brisbane. We had Queensland on Monday and and Tassie on Wednesday, and. Um, you know how how it is, Rocky gets get through a whole preseason. You're raring to go. You're up and about. So you really want to start the intensity, and you want to well, you want to get going. So nice that um, we're able to get up, post a score, um, be competitive. The wickets weren't as good as we expected. Obviously, going up the Queensland with the sun, so. But against uh, a very strong Queensland team, it was nice to start with a double bonus. We got the bonus points, sorry. Not the double, but the bonus points.
1: Certainly wasn't Karen Rolton down there that's a road. It's a freeway where you just go out there and smash 400. Although early on in that first game, you were seeing them very, very nicely. You up the ante and you you look like you're in for a big score.
3: Yeah, um, we've worked a lot in the preseason about... um, going for the gap and trying to take opportunities to score. I know in the past we haven't played particularly well. We want to have good intent. Um, surprising that wicket wasn't as good. You want really good one-day wickets that are fair. That was some of the hardest 10 overs of batting we've ever had, me and Jake. Uh, Whether we were able to get through that, we're able to get to a score. We had a bit of a hiccup in the middle, but we're failing away at the moment. Nathan McAndrew and Ben Benenti first game. Found a way to get to 270, and uh, it was about 50 runs too many at the time on that wicket, yeah, which was nice.
1: Really good score, good win. Then we move into game two. We heard you had a little couple of refreshments Monday night. We'll get to that story a little mm. bit later after 11. We'll uh, we'll get to that story. But then you were obviously seeing him pretty well as well in game two. Yeah, it wasn't my best moment. Um,
3: no, we got some We got some audio. Yeah, probably not the best shot. <laughs> looked like he was trying to hit it way over the top. What happened Way then? over the top. Brendan Julian uh, hasn't given that justice. Uh, I tried to hit it out of Albion. Um, oh, my and, God. And when you commit to something, we committed it in the first game, and it works. And yep. you, yeah. And you try to get – and you trying to in, put you, impose yourself in the game in the first ten overs, and we knew that we had to sort of get after the new ball a little bit. Yeah, you know, it doesn't work, and, and you go back. It's it it funny enough that Diz come off and said, "I love the intent, Heady, and I was like, oh, "You probably got to pick your moments just a little bit." Oh, I, love,
0: was the, half I love the intent, Travis, but uh, you've just got to pick your moments the way that you pick through the field in the situations in the in the game. Thanks yeah. for joining.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Diz. All right, let's uh, let's move on. You got cleaned up in game two. They got them one down. At- tassie they uh, they comfortably are one or two down they do yep. it quite comfortably bbl action we know there's been a few rule changes and from a fan's perspective is there anything that we're going to see because we we often talk about it tomo that there's too many games it feels like it's yep. just on all the time and it just you don't get the best players
3: yeah there's a couple of interesting ones obviously we looked at the scheduling um we were just chatting about it a bit earlier um yeah i think you want you want high quality games in high time zones you want to on the weekend, Adelaide over. unfortunately, we obviously, we get, we've got the greatest fans. I'm not saying that we're not going to have anyone come, but mm. we've got two Tuesday night games. Um, I'm not sure what you would do with Jack on a Tuesday night and whether or not you'd be there. But, yeah, I think I think we, we're slowly getting there. Uh, 14 games, obviously, we made the jump. Um, so there's some still some tinkering, I think, with the scheduling to try to get it in prime time and um, double headers and whatnot. You see it with the AFL, if it's a bad game, you flick it over the next one. Mm. So... Will we will we see that in the big bash? I'm not. We won't this year. We maybe see it next year. But there's a couple of rule changes. DRS is is in. Um, there's been a lot of Are scrutiny over the that? umpires. I'm happy with it because of the quality of decision making that has been. has cost a few teams over the competition, and a lot of fans scream for it. But. The thing that doesn't work out is the, is, the, is the game clock. We've got a game clock that's going to be run. And if you do, if you miss it, then you lose a fielder in your last couple of overs. So but, just
0: explain the game clock and what does that do? And, and what, what's the logistics around that headache? Yeah, so basically the fans will see a clock come down. So
3: they want to see time of game. They want to see a three-hour game that you yeah. can take your kids to and you can go home, which is fantastic. Yeah. But as we've seen with Test cricket, some of these DRS decisions can go forever. And if you get it right mm. or if you keep it or retain your um, decision, mm. you have as many as you want. That mm. that one could last you three or four or five. Mm-hmm. So if they keep getting it right and teams get it right, you're going to have five, six, seven minutes of the game even longer. Sometimes we see them go drag out for two minutes. You could have 10 minutes of the game that we're sitting here watching if someone nicked it
1: or if it's going down the league. So you're penalised for that. Does, that does, the time, does your time clock stop? then when the DRS starts i would assume the game clock would stop for us so it wouldn't penalize us on the back
3: end but it penalizes the fans that are coming to watch it expecting a 3 hour game and if you cop 10 minutes from both teams an extra 20 minutes on top
0: and that's the thing as well if you've got some back end like yeah. um, of course you're just going to go for it and use them up aren't you like like we see in test cricket as well of course you know you know you're dead plumb but if you've got three three up your sleeve you're going to use them you're going to use it and also vice versa when you're
3: bowling to the death and you've got game clock on the Clock. If you've gone spin through the middle and you've used up your clock, you're using that time to the last second because uh-huh. you want to make sure that you're so prepared for that over. That ball, each ball in T20 cricket is so important. So we won't see games going any quicker than the game clock. You're going to see games that are right on the bang or over.
0: So let's go back to fixturing here because Tuesday nights, are, to me, it's a debacle. You've got parents out there both working 40 hours a week. There's no way they're going to be jumping in, driving in, paying for parking on a Tuesday night and then having to work three days for the rest of the week. I can understand a Thursday, like in the football, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think that's where it sort of needs to be, Hedy. And
1: they're not going to overlap with Test cricket as well, are they? Because you watch Test cricket all day, you don't want a BBL game that night, do you? No. You want played. a good game. You
3: don't want one game that is a blowout. You want to go... If you go and watch a game of AFL footy on a Saturday night on Foxtel, if it's no good, you, fo- you flick it to seven or you've got the other channel on Foxtel that you can flick it to. Now, if you get two games and and the Renegades aren't playing very well and then and, and the Strikers and Chris Lins banging them and you see them in the bot corner, the, the run rate's going through the roof, you're going to switch the game over. We're going to get more viewership watching that than having it in the background on a Tuesday night, I think. But... It's got a lot to play out.
0: Well said, Hedy. One hundred four point seven Triple M. Five minutes past eleven o'clock. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tomo, and Travi head still here for another hour, if you don't mind. Uh, were you listening to the rush hour last night, Rock? No, I missed it last night. Actually, Did yeah. You? Well, when Jars isn't on, it
1: isn't the same. He's my favourite. He's not yeah. on air. Yeah. So, I, 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 why are you
0: winking at me? <laughs> <laughs> We you got something in your
9: eye or <laughs> something. Something's caught my eye here as well.
3: It's on the run sheet. my yeah, name on it.
0: What's it say there, Hedy? It just says Hedy calls. Okay. So Sorry. what we're going to do, we're going to open up the phones right now. Make sure you're listening, Triple M family, because I reckon you can get involved with this. Because this is what I heard from Gregory Blewett on Travis Head last night.
4: So Travis Head, who's doing Dead Set Legends tomorrow, I yeah. believe. I Is was, he, they've asked him back, have they? I <laughs> think I so. they the, were going to well, part the, ways. No, <laughs> they? They, so heady's going to be involved tomorrow. But I was with Trav yep. about three years ago. We were in Brisbane for a Shield game. Yep. And I saw him in the foyer of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I said, what are you doing, mate? He goes, oh, I'm just picking up my, my Uber. And it was Subway. And I said, mate, there's a Subway 40 metres up the road. He goes, oh, oh, just so I don't have to wait for it, you know. <laughs>
1: wow.
3: You're kidding. A lot of people do it. And, <laughs> yeah, and this is a great segue into this, actually. Uh,
1: but not a lot of people do it. 40
3: metres. Nathan McAndrew, this week, in Brisbane, staying at the Oaks on Albert Street. You'd know the one rock. No, ordered, not really. Yeah, you would, because Nando's.
0: Ordered
3: Nando's. It was below us. Now, I'm guilty of going the subway across the road and getting it delivered.
0: <laughs> 40 metres you couldn't walk. You're a professional athlete.
3: There was, well, I'm on level 40 as well, by the way, so that means you're going to go all the way down. 40. And, and, and Oak Charlotte, they they, Oak Charlotte, have got ha, hang on, horrific they
1: lifts. Hang on, they don't come to your door with it. They meet you in the foyer, so you have to go down those 40 no matter what.
3: No, they can come to your room and do it. You, they come to reception, reception buzz them up. Oh, it okay.
0: sounds like someone that actually knows, I reckon. Well. Eddie, Eddie's got it sort of, what does he put it on the plate for you too? He knocked on the door and here's <laughs> your he, subway. And does,
3: I think I had a does, roommate at the time that did it with me. So.
1: <laughs> does he feed you as well? Does the driver feed you? No. You just sit there? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, would the have record? someone in the team that does that already. Uh, yeah, oh, Gregory. That. Here we go. Yeah, not bad from uh, Greg Blewett. Uh, we could go a long-depth um, segue into
0: that, but we won't. Now, now, you you sort of want to return to, to Gregory, don't you? Because, actually, Blewett was just here. And, funnily enough, he was with the boys. He was with the boys, and you had a little
3: tale to tell, didn't you? Jake Lehman did a... Um, now we've gone down that, that road, we can go there. Um, Jake Lehman did a uh, school visit down to Walkerville a couple of weeks ago, and the boys were there, Sam and Rory, and... Um, Limo's, Sam's come up and asked him, do you know my dad is Greg Blewett? And Jake's like, yes, I know your dad very well. He coached me and whatnot, and Buffer played with him, and so I've, I've known you since you've been way big, and I've actually been your house around the corner. The reply was, yeah, it's a bit of a mansion. <laughs> So, I would not be throwing stones. So the blew- oh, Greg Blewett. The oh.
1: Blewett kids are rolling around at school saying they've got a mansion and. This is incredible. Their poos don't stink oh, almost, don't they? But where are we at? The, the phone the phone is a great idea. Are you lazier than Travis Head? Yeah,
0: that's the thing. We're opening it up right now. five three. Are you lazier than Travis Head? 40 meters it was to get Subway. He's a professional athlete. 40 meters. I've got to deliver.
3: A long way in three years. We've come a long way. <laughs> he,
0: got, he got it <laughs> delivered to him. This is incredible. So we're going to open up the phones right now. i am one Are you lazier than Hetty? We want to hear your stories. We actually want to hear some uh, dobbing in of others too, Rock. Yeah, if you've got a mate that's lazy. Yep. Obviously. Certainly throw him under the bus. You've thrown him. I'm sorry
1: McAndrew straight away. <laughs>
0: you've, <laughs> you've thrown four people in in four minutes. One triple three five three. Are you lazier than Hedy? We'll take your calls next here at Triple M. Dead Set Legends. 104.7 Triple M, Tom Rockliffe, Tom Owen, Travi Head here until a midday today, and we're just about to open up the phones on one 3, 3, 4, 3. Are you lazier than Travis Head, but quickly. Breaking news. Callum what? Ferguson's just gone golden duck. <laughs> He's over in India making an absolute uh, truckload of cash over there, Hedy. Well, he's only just made it because the rumour was it <laughs> hadn't been paid. And
3: by the looks of it, he's gone out with heavy pockets and missed the first one. <laughs> Golden Duck. Golden Duck, Stephen Parry. Oh. Played only a couple games for England, 28 first class games. Yep. He's Ferg behind his list, I reckon. Yeah, and he, what, he's going. <laughs> are
0: you serious? What? Not bringing much to the table,
3: Paz? Well, Paz only played 28 first class games, one ODI, five T20s. He's not got a bad
0: record, but he's slid one through the one test wonder. <laughs> oh, this is tremendous. Right, opening up the phones 133353. Are you lazier than Travis Head? We heard this
4: audio last night on the rush hour, which is damning. So, Travis Head, who's doing Dead Set Legends tomorrow, I yeah. believe. Is I is was, he, they've asked him back, have they? I think so. I heard they they're going to well, part they're, ways. They're desperate. No, okay. they're, so Heady's <laughs> going to be involved tomorrow. But I was with Trav yep. about three years ago. We were in Brisbane for a Shield game. Yep. And I saw him in the foyer of the hotel. Mm-hmm. I said, what are you doing, mate? He goes, oh, I'm just picking up my my Uber. And it was Subway. And I said, mate, there's a Subway 40 metres up the road. He goes, well, oh, oh, just so I don't have to wait for it, you know. Wow.
0: So even Emma G piled in, mate. Wow. Yeah,
3: they all piled in. But yeah, you have moments that you look back on and you, you think... You're not proud of. You're not proud of. That's not that bad. So I, I, I thought it could be a lot worse coming from Blewett. Okay. For over a career. I was like, it's not Subway. And you, you come back from training. You have a tub. You're, you're getting things sorted. So it's actually... I would say well planned. Um, <laughs> you're planning for your afternoon. You're planning your recovery session. You whatnot. You're getting good fuel in. You're it's getting forty subway. meters away. Yeah, it's not the greatest look, but never mind. But we've come. We've got. We've made it a long way. A lot 40 of people...
0: It's twenty there and twenty back. Is my <laughs> male. One triple three five three as we head out to Modbury North. We have Ben there. Ben, are you lazier than Travis Head?
5: Uh, hope. Um, well, perhaps not me, but uh, I've got a mate of mine. I reckon it happened probably three or four years ago. Uh, he popped outside in the morning, uh, found that he had a flat tire in his car in his driveway about three meters from his front door, and rather than changing it himself, he's a full grown man, uh, <laughs> decided to call the RAA roadside assistance to his driveway to change a flat tire. Oh, oh no.
3: He can't change a tire?
0: No,
5: apparently not. Apparently, it's a job for the uh, roadside assist. That's <laughs> oh, short I feed it to him every time I see him.
0: So. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Thanks so much for that, Benny. Who we got there, Rob?
1: Uh, we got Sky out of Birdwood. What's your lazy story?
10: Hi, my lazy story is some at night time when my phone's almost flat, I'm too lazy to go put it on charge right next to me. Oh,
0: oh Sky, how old are you?
10: I'm fourteen.
0: Now, Sky, surely you need it at a hundred Donger for the next day.
10: Uh, sometimes I don't don't think it's a good idea moving over. <laughs> oh,
0: I'll be bothered. Yeah. What do you what do you thought? Would you would you get Uber Eats from forty meters away from Subway, Sky? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. Actually, uh one triple three five three is the number. Who have we got there, uh, Hetty? Uh, we got Ben from Clavelli Park.
3: Are you lazier than me, mate?
5: <laughs> well, mate, I've got a very similar story around over Eats. So I was working across the road from Marion Shopping Centre uh, a little while ago, and I felt like a boost juice. And the walk across the road was about twenty metres, and I thought I can't be bothered walking, um, but I am trying to be healthy, so I thought I'll get a boost juice and. Uh, over a boost juice from Marion
0: Johnson, <laughs> across the road to where I was working. Uh, I like his thinking. That is a disgrace, <laughs> he, man. He wants to be
1: healthier, so he decided not to go and walk for
3: it. He's got the boost juice though. They even each other out, <laughs> <laughs> don't they?
0: Yeah, that's not really not really cut. Is, are they, they healthy, the boost?
1: Not sure. That's, no, that's like me saying, I want to be healthier, so I'm not gonna have dinner tonight, but I'll have a thousand beers <laughs> instead <laughs> responsibly, that, of course.
0: It Sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M. Triple M. on the dial. We're also on listener as well. You can stream us live and free as well. L-A-S-T-N-R. Time to talk to Tom Petroia, actually, who is Rocky's agent, if you don't mind, manager and has been for a long, long time and also manages the great Joel Selwood. G'day, Tommy. How are you? Yeah, I'm
8: good. I'm good. Good morning, boys. How are
0: you going? Mate, well, well. Thanks so much for joining us on the the Dead Set Legends. Firstly, is Rocky your worst client? (laughs) Um biggest pain in the butt, I reckon <laughs> 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 oh mate love your stuff now uh, an interesting week for you obviously with the, the retirement of Joel Selwood could you just paint a bit of a picture for the listeners behind the scene here about how much goes into it
8: yeah um, so Joel mentioned on Wednesday in his press conference it's been a conversation over the space of about six weeks um, and a, a secret we kept really well um, hush for a period of time um, I think that the the big piece is making sure that when you've got someone like um, Joel that, one, they're ready for it, um, two, they're okay with um, with the next chapter. And then I think the most important thing is trying to enjoy what's left of, um, of the period that he had. And I wish I could say that I had something to do with the fairy tale ending, but uh-huh. I didn't. Um, and that obviously made things um, a lot easier um, after the events of last Saturday
1: afternoon. And you had another legend retire earlier this year as well, Robbie Gray. What, what he's meant to you and his journey over the years as well.
8: Yeah, it's um, it's been an emotional year, Tommy. Um, the um, Robbie is probably the most humble superstar I've ever come across in my 20 years. And um, as much as I need to um, be professional and, and keep my um, keep my emotions in check, it's been a really difficult um, couple of months too because you. You, you grow to love these guys and um you become close with their partners and so Belle and Britt, in the um for Robbie and Joel, both beautiful girls and then um Joel's expecting a baby. Robbie's got three kids. So just the whole um the emotion, the energy that goes into this stuff. Um, A lot of people don't understand that behind the scenes, they might be superstars and five showdown medalists or, you know, premiership captains, all that sort of stuff. They're still human beings. So the piece of um, how they deal with um, their situation and where they land is so important. So it's a lot of conversations and, um, a lot of probably um, reassuring people that things are going to be okay because something they've known for 16 years is about to finish.
1: You're going into probably your busiest period of the year. You work for TLA, of course, got a, um, half the competition. Trade period's about to kick off. Can you, can you take us inside what your weeks look like, how some deals get done, or, or what's it look like over the next couple of weeks for you?
8: Yeah, it's um, the reality is the period goes for, For 10 days, as of Monday, the trade period, free agency started yesterday. That goes for a week. Um, But ultimately, these big trades, um, you know, the Luke Jacksons of the world, the Tim Tarantos, conversations have been going for six months, eight months, nine months, you know. um, So it culminates into um, a pretty stressful period, Um, a lot of phone calls, um, a lot of um, deals that start, that started on Monday that looked completely different the following Monday um, to usually a mad rush on the Wednesday. Um, What I would say is um, what happens behind the scenes people don't get to see. And I know there was a a much-talked-about documentary um, 12 months ago that got released around trade period. I don't think it really touches the surface of um, the situations that we go through. And, Tom, you went through it yourself Four or five years ago, um, sometimes there's a nice lunch involved, and you eat a nice steak, and then you don't end up going to Carlton Footy Club. But oh, wow. that's one of the nice things. But Tom, all Tom wanted was a good steak, so he said to me, "Can we see if Carlton will just spice a steak one day?" And we, I'll we tell you what, he
0: looks gris like he's God had a market. few good ones now, Tommy.
5: <laughs> uh,
3: no, Tommy, um, I think yeah, you're right. I think having with the player manager myself, I don't think yeah, you don't get the credit where it's deserved with obviously Joel and, and Robbie, some of the greats of the game. And, and your efforts, I think, don't go unnoticed by the players, but probably do by the, the public. Um, but my question is a little bit around, we've seen a couple of players come down and, and, and do visits of clubs. Um, one, yep. what are they trying to achieve um, in that visit? Obviously, because there's a lot of publicity around that, people see them, there's cameras there. And what do the club, what do the player want to get out of those, um, those catch-ups?
8: Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think the most important thing nowadays is a relationship with the coach right so sitting in front of the coach knowing where the coach wants to play you what role he sees you doing what his personality is like um and all, all the coaches are obviously different and then the second piece um which i think that there, are like with the, the visits to the clubs right let's say that west coast and eston have got a new facility at present and they're probably ahead of the competition but Within time, Port Adelaide are updating their facilities, so just seeing what their workplace is going to be like. Um, the other thing I think is um, I had Jack Gunston up in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. Just understanding what, where the boys live, what areas they um, sort of spend time in, how far that is that from the club, what's available to them, um, and albeit you know most of the capital cities are pretty similar, there's there's always going to be a few little differences. So. You know whether that's how far away the beach is for those blokes that like to surf, or any of those little things. It's it's probably continuity, mate, um, to see just what what is what's available to me and, and what um, can I live there.
0: And before we let you go, Tommy, thank you so much for your time once again. But uh, and I know you can't give too much away with it all. But the the next thing for for Joel Selwood, do you see him staying in football?
8: Um, I think that if he's not in football immediately, he won't be too far away. Um, the um, the amount of offers we've received in the last week has been um, astonishing yeah. and and rightly so for such a wonderful person. Um, Joel's so strong in the culture and leadership space um, that I think that um, he won't be lost to footy. Whether he is full-time in footy straight away, that's discussions we'll start to have now over the next month. When When... He sort of said time was up. Um, he said to me, Tom, I've got a job to do for six weeks. Can you do what you can in the background? But I want to focus on trying to get the cats a flag. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think, Will, he'll be lost to footy, but yep. it may not be immediate.
1: Now, before we let you go, for the people who don't know yeah, what sort of operator are you, Harvey Spectre or Lewis Litt? <laughs>
8: that's very good. I'd love, look, I'd love to have Harvey's charisma, but I think I look a little bit more like Lewis. So, oh, no. Um, oh, no. Unfortunately, I don't have
0: Harvey's good looks, but I oh. wish I did, Tom. Oh, no. I've got a man crush on that bastard, Tommy, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your time, mate. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for the laugh, boys. Have a great day. Yeah, oh, Perfect. 104.7 Triple M. It's a Dead Set of Legends. <laughs> 11.31 for your Saturday morning. Tom Rockcliffe Tomo and Travy Head for your Dead Set Legends. We're here until twelve o'clock today. What did you sneak into? Zero four triple eight five one oh four seven. Get on the text line early. Got a great story about Hetty. Um just sort of parked himself into Brisbane Lions Mad Monday <laughs> rock. <wrong. laughs> just featured. How has he snuck in there? Oh unbelievable. we we'll get, get a- to that shortly. And partied like you played with them as well. Oh, oh. And well and, boy, and we go. saw what happened a couple of days later, didn't we? Probably not the best
8: shot. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like he was trying to hit it way over the top. Thanks, DJ.
0: <laughs> we'll get to that story shortly. But right now, we're going to talk about the brand-new coach of the Essendon Football Club, Brad Scott, has been appointed and a great appointment, in my opinion, Rob. Yeah, I think so as well. But
1: the this is what we spoke about with Jay Clark a little bit earlier. This is what's wrong with the Essendon Football Club and what's been wrong with the Essendon Football Club for so long now is that Kevin Sheedy's come out and said, well, I didn't actually support the decision. So it's it's just... Um, cr- created mayhem almost for the PR department, the board as well, and he's come out and said that he voted for for James Hurd. When, as incoming coach, you would just like your board to be um, all on the same page, all come out united, united front, and I think that's what really good footy clubs do—they all come out. And, and it was a really strange comment for him to come out and say that. Yeah, when with the board, you want them to. Not everyone's going to
3: have the exact same, um, decision or uh, opinion. Uh, and they don't always have to agree rock. And from the come out of that meeting though, you would think that they would sit there right at the end. It's six, one. I think it, I believe it was. Yep. Hey, are we hundred percent on board with this decision? I know there's one outlier, but we're going to go, we're going to strong as a board. We're going to endorse it. And you go, everyone goes, you ma- like everyone goes, yes, we are on board. Yeah. For so it to walk out and then now someone jump off that. It just shows fractures, I think.
0: So this is the thing for me. In, in a direct quote here, I'll read it out. I'm extremely disappointed that the comment from my club was it that, that it was fully endorsed when, in fact, I voted for James Heard to be the coach of Essendon. So, and that's that's okay. Behind closed doors, that's absolutely fine. But you're right. And you guys have been involved in professional um, teams and still are heading right now. So do you reckon at board level they all eyeballed each other and go, right, well this is how it's happening, this is how it's going to play out, and then he's backfired on that? Or do you just- Thing is, he's just gone off the cuff.
1: Yeah, continue on from what he's been quoted as saying, I'm not happy, don't tell the essendon fan base and untruth. This is what happens when you bring new people into the club. They need change, they haven't won a, a, a grand final for uh, a final, sorry, for 18 years, yep. a final. They yep. haven't won a final. So they need change and they need to they need to be all on the same page. This creates friction within the group. It'd be like a coach at selection um, in AFL footy when you walk out and they go, Hey son, you're in my team when mm. you get dropped like it, it just goes against everything that you're you're trying to build and, and a culture that you're trying to create where you're all on on board the the bus or the train you're all moving in the one direction and you want to get to that end point, which is grand final success that's what we're all after but. Mm. It just creates mayhem that you don't need, and friction now amongst the the board at Essendon, but also within there'll be hallway conversations. Well, he didn't want me. He didn't want me here, and and you you would be the same at selection. I'd imagine it'd be like one selector calling and saying, oh, "You're in my team," but the other four blokes selected um, against me.
3: Yeah, that's you don't want people looking over their shoulder, and you don't want eyes burning in the back of your head. And now Brad Scott's going to walk in knowing that one board member isn't on board, and I, and I agree. I, I'm. I'm obviously captain of South Australia and having been in the conversations in selection with three selectors, I'm not a selector, but the three guys have opinions and Mm. they're not always the same, um, but we always walk out of those meetings fully on board with the decision that's ultimately made and that's how you push through. And like you said, if then you have someone that jumps off that, well that's where that's not happening at Geelong is it? The culture isn't no, that's not right. happening at the good teams. The good teams are fully on it. If they don't disagree with it, you can have really honest conversations behind
1: closed doors, but they're not having them. That's the thing. You can have this conversation behind closed doors and say, I want it on record that I didn't vote for Brad Scott, I voted for James Heard. But So you, how does that get out how does that get put out there though, Rob? Well you just as they as they said, Essendon actually didn't inflame the situation at all. They they did it really well. They said it was never a unanimous decision we said that it was fully endorsed. Yeah. And, that's, and, and it could have been like that. And we, we would all be sitting here today going, the whole board at Essendon said, yep, they're all on board. They all want um, Brad Scott to be coach. Yep. But Kevin Sheedy cracked it and said, no, we'll actually vote it And now we're talking about this. Is it a case
3: of Kevin Sheedy is the greatest one of the greats of the game right yeah uh, Hunt, no doubt is it that. rock is it, is he overstepping the mark by doing like by talking, is he still feeling like he's in full control of this football club
1: oh, i think so i think it this situation now he should step down from the board and let it move forward. Because the, the,
0: the only reason you would do that is a selfish mo- motivation. Isn't it, isn't it interesting in this, though? Like, Essendon have so many of these ex-players come in and they've all got to commentate about it. Like, Matthew Lloyd's been been pretty big on it as well. And they're disappointed. I understand they're disappointed. But you don't see... You don't see Lee Matthews coming in and overshadowing the the Brisbane Lions. You don't see Gary Ablett coming over and doing it at Geelong. You don't see this from other clubs do you? No, you don't.
1: And, and this is uh, as we said before, maybe what's happened at Essendon for a long period of time.
0: Yeah, it
3: must be cultural like. You look at there's no one coming out from Geelong, there's no one coming out from Brisbane through these successful periods over 20, 30, 40 year period because of what's been instilled in them. Yeah. Now Kevin obviously was the head of that for a, such a long period of time is he still trying to drive that?
0: Mm. It's going to be an interesting play out, I reckon, and I think Brad Scott does have his hands full. Now, what did you sneak into? Travis Head has snuck into the Brisbane Lions' (laughs) Mad Monday, and Lee Matthews was there overseeing it. (laughs) 104.7, triple M. 20 away from 12. 104.7, triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tomo, and Travi Head. Oh, the last 20 minutes we've, we have with Hedy Rocky. This is incredible. He's leaving us next week as well. He's got to go to work. Yeah. actually do a job.
1: I know. Play cricket.
0: Well, it was meant to be only four weeks, and then our man Callum Ferguson, who usually oh. sits in his seat, has uh, decided to extend his stay in India. And Have you heard the latest at all with on the scorecard? Have you got that in front of us, Hedy? Yeah, First ball, Stephen Perry snuck one through
3: the <laughs> gate. I haven't seen the footage. I'm looking forward to getting on YouTube and seeing it because he's been very fast in sending his footage through, hasn't yeah. he? Whipping him off the pads oh, and whatnot. He? He's been real, real head wobble material down India, but he, uh, yeah, he's that one slips through the gate there.
0: In our group chat, he just sends him through straight away. like unwarranted,
5: which yeah. is quite weird. Oh,
1: highlights when he hits these boundaries yeah. and all these runs. Didn't get that message no, though, did we? No, haven't hasn't seen that through.
0: See one through yet. No. Now you kicked off the the season, heady on on Monday with a, a couple of games this week in The Marsh Cup, yeah,
3: yep. A couple of games this week, uh, Tassie and Queensland, and we we're lucky enough uh, to start really well. It was a really good week for us um, to start on Monday against Queensland, who are one of the better teams in the competition, and we're able to sneak the, the
0: bonus point against them. So, just to explain the bonus point for us. Uh,
3: we, I think we, we bowled them out for less than. Who have win by eighty odd runs? Mm. So we needed to restrict them to two two two. Yeah, it was two seventeen, I believe. So beautiful um, bowlers did a fantastic job on, on a pretty spicy wicket. So. Yep. Um, yeah, we finished there, um, the NCC, a beautiful establishment there with the ice baths and oh. the pools and whatnot. Did, Did you get fl- to? I, I skipped all that. Um <laughs> Didn't go, didn't feature. <laughs> he skipped that. Before
1: yes. he said he, that he was doing all that. Oh, that's on. why he had skip, to get
3: the subway. Skip, skip, skipped on. all that. that Did you easy. you skipped all the recovery? <laughs> they skipped all the recovery. When you win, you have you don't have meetings, and when you lose, you have them. So okay, um, that's good.
0: That's, that's, that's a, not bad theory actually.
3: <laughs> yeah. No. So um, no, we enjoyed uh, belt the, belt the song out with all the doors open. It's really mm. nice to beat Queensland on their home deck. Yeah. Um, so we we finished that and. We get back at about 11 o'clock. Um, we thought, well, well, we'll pop across the road. There's a nice Irish pub there. We'll, um, me, Jake, Liam, Alex Carey, and Liam Scott um, decided, well, we'll pop across and we'll have a couple of beers because um, it's hard after you, obviously, in the night sessions and whatnot, you, you, you're a bit up and about. So we, um, we popped across, doors shut, locked. Uh, the staff were in there having a beer and just shoot us away. So next door was just a little door stairway, with karaoke and pool bar. Right, oh, Nice. Off. So I said, I was with Jake, and I thought, why not? Well, we've got to go somewhere, because we're not going to sleep. We might as well go have a couple beers. Um, walked up the stairs, on, on the phone to my lovely partner, Jessica. Yep. Um, who was having a rough night with Miller at home. Yeah, how many yeah. hours sleep we we talking about? about six in two days. Right. Uh, and as I get up the stairs, the music gets louder and louder and louder. There we go. And uh, so I turn to my right, and I see a waist. Well, I thought, that's interesting. That's a long leg. I looked up, and Eric Hipwood's standing there. <laughs> and I thought my golly that is the biggest man I've ever seen and while on the phone and sort of like trying to brush it away thinking that's weird that it's a Monday night at 11 o'clock in a pool, dusty little pool bar on Albert Street in Queensland and then uh, finished my conversation and turned around Charlie Cameron standing at the bar I thought hello mate he, he loves Jake Lemon, by the way loves bo- loves Buffer yeah. so then the cricket chat comes out I start chatting we hired a pool table got a cup of beers started playing pool one person comes two people come Four people come. We start getting heckled. <laughs> well, the next minute, I look around. This twenty Brisbane line boys rolled out the karaoke bar on their Mad Monday. <laughs> what other chances?
0: So he snuck into he snuck in the
1: Brisbane Lions Mad Monday after they got belted in the prelims. Yeah, he did. I had messages galore from the Brisbane Lions players saying Travis Head, Alex Carey, all these boys carrying on like they'd, like they'd won a flag. Oh. Old Heady hanging
0: around like a dirty smell. Yeah, Harry hanger on her, i I tell
3: you what, when they seen Kes walk in the room, mate, they <laughs> ushered out of the karaoke bar. They all wanted a piece of Alex. <laughs> did they. <were> they? Real, <laughs> they Cam Rainer showing the full defence. Oh, the no. boy, the, the creature hat. They were trying to hit him through covers. They'll get the pool cue. They'll pull pull shots. They'll go, look at me, techers, What do you reckon? Eddie,
0: has he taken? Because you were the the golden boy of South Australia. Is he taking your mantle? Well, I mentioned myself in something the other week
3: on Triple M, and I got absolutely absolute whack a flog. So I'll uh, I'll just keep it out. It. I'll just keep myself
1: out of it. Oh, so. I
0: love this, right? Let's do it. I'm one, two, three, triple three five three What did you sneak into? Was it a wedding? Was it a birthday party? Was it a bloody festival?
1: Yeah, I've got a story. Tom Williams actually snuck me into a VIP at Splendor in the Grass one year. Oh, did you? Yeah, you, everyone knows Tom Williams, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, TV yeah. presenter. Yeah. Oh wow! So I was there with him, and he just took us through to the VIP area.
7: How'd we go? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely yeah.
0: cocktails there, he's just, <laughs> and he's holding on to them straight in. One triple three five three. Hit us up. What did you sneak into Adelaide? Travi head snuck into a Mad Monday at Brisbane. This is incredible. One triple three five three. We'll take calls next. 11 minutes away from 12 o'clock, it's a Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockliffe, Tomo and Travis Head, and we're asking the question on one triple three five three. what did you sneak into?
1: Yes, mm. off the back of Travis Head going celebrating with the Brisbane Lions on their mad Monday it's last in- week. Incredible. So what, what's the story here, Hedy?
3: Well, yeah, Monday night, we've got the bonus point, and a few of us were looking for a, a responsible little quiet drink to finish the night, <laughs> and uh, Limo... Keza, Liam Scott, myself, yeah, found a little little karaoke pool bar next door that was still open and rolled up and a few of the boys were standing at the bar. Eric Hipwood. He's a monster, isn't he? Enormous. <laughs> Harris Andrews. He wouldn't fit through the door, that bloke, I reckon, and I would not get near it if I played against him. And uh, yeah, we well, end up with 20 blokes around the pool table as we were playing and was, uh, the boys were showing us few shots and, and whatnot, asking for a few technique yeah I love this now
1: was any of them up there singing karaoke because we know that uh, I normally lead the charge when it comes to karaoke and I'm
5: sure yeah, they.
2: That...
4: <laughs>
5: oh no
0: you might have changed the lyrics there <laughs> oh no who is that that's you isn't it Rob
1: yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me <laughs> singing. So I used to lead the charge of, uh, of singing back in the day, uh, karaoke. So it's great that they continue to go on.
0: Uh, one, triple, three, five, three. What did you sneak into as we head out to Hawthorne D and then we got Dave. G'day, Dave.
5: How are you, boys? Good, mate. What happened to you? uh we went over to the grand final last year in perth uh supporting uh the western bulldogs a friend of ours played for the western bulldogs mm-hmm. and then of course when they lost the next day we bumped into simon goodwin in our hotel and i quickly said to the missus uh just quickly get rid of this uh, scarf and uh, cap and uh, <laughs> went over to goody i said goody how you going mate i played cricket with him you know 20 years ago or something yeah good ben oh yeah really good mate no worries he said, he said, I said, where's the party? He said, the Coddle's eye. So anyway, there we are, just rocked up at the Coddle's eye, Straight the next day, at the, and away we went. I was oh. a Melbourne supporter. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave, did you see Bernie Vince there? Oh, I don't know. I, I reckon Bernie would have been there, but I can't remember too much. It was a, it was a good day. <laughs> if Bernie was there, uh, the, then, uh, yeah, we probably would have recognised each other, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, brilliant. it was a good day anyway. Oh. Were you there, Bernie? Oh, was is Bernie there? Nah, nah, no, Bernie's, Bernie's not here. Bernie. He, doesn't he doesn't work get
0: the gig working for this one. weekends this the finals. Bernie's after not there. Finals. He's, he's yeah. with Melbourne, mate. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> what were you saying about Splendour before?
1: Yeah, Splendour in the grass. So, uh, we were up there it was when Kanye West was... Uh, oh, mate. Yeah. Out uh, there, in so, there with Kanye? No, I wasn't in there with him, but it was um, when he, um. he, he came out to perform. And um, Tom Williams, who's a, a, a great man, if anyone ever runs into him, he, uh, he snuck four or five of us Lions boys into the VIP section and uh, didn't we certainly oh, live it he up. He
0: would have been, Rocky, you would imagine him oh, with a couple mate. of young Brisbane boys. Oh, he would have knocked him imagine. aside
3: and go, Youngsters, watch this. Yeah, watch this. <laughs> I'm straight in the VIP.
0: Well, My mail is, can you ask for a photo with Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> Philly's. We are out of here next. We're going to wrap it up. 104.7 Triple M. Make sure you download the podcast as well. Listener. L-I-S. T-N-R. Triple M. Saturday morning. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Tomo and Travy head, and we've had an absolute ball, and it's been fantastic to have you, Hedy, for the last month with us, mate.
3: No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, we've worked into it. I've had an absolute ball. It's been fantastic. And um, when Fergs, when I'm done and dusted, I can kick Ferg out of the studio, which is nice. Well, I think that might be
1: happening. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, quick, you can just not play cricket and come in here every Saturday
0: morning. Well, can't
3: if, it, if
1: Brendan <laughs> Julian keeps commentating the way he did, and <laughs> oh it, no, <laughs> probably not the best shot.
8: I'm, i might find myself trying in to hit
1: here way over the top. <laughs> I might find myself in here full time, Oregon. Well, uh, good luck, Hetty, with uh this Australian summer. I'm sure there'll be many tons. Good luck at the Adelaide Oval when uh you take it on and Karen Rolton on Thursday. Yep. Redbacks shield game. So good luck there. Thanks,
3: mate.